This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's the best thing going today. All right, everyone, what's going on? How you doing? Episode 265, Talk About Flow Podcast. Thank you, everyone out there, as always, for continuing to listen, download, support the show. It means a lot to me. Got two guests on today. One of them invited, the other one not so much. I don't know if you could hear it, but I got this crazy-ass weed whacker guy in the background right now who's been in front of my complex for like over an hour. There's only a small patch of grass. I have no idea what the hell he's doing, so hopefully that's not picking up on the audio too much. And aside from that, though, recurring guest, my buddy Joe from New York City, Buffalo Winds on Twitter. What's going on, dude? How you doing? What's up, man? Who's your other guest that you have this week? The weed whacker out in front that I don't even know who the hell he is. <laughs> so we're taping this on a Thursday afternoon. I swear to you, man, he's been out there for 40 minutes and I got my like home office set up here and it's near the wall, near the edge, near where the grass is, which I get it if it took a couple minutes, but I swear to God, he's been out there for like 40 freaking minutes, man. Crazy. I don't know. It might not even, you might not even be hearing this people listening, but. I could hear it anyway. This guy sucks. <laughs> uh, well, sorry to hear that you have weed whackers, buddy. I mean, try well, try living in like at a street level apartment in New York City where you can hear every car and beep drive by you. So, <laughs> you're, you know, I got you're complaining. I gotta be stupid weed whacker. Anyways, I gotta be honest with you, man. I was a little bit worried about you because why you're just getting a little soft on social media. I was worried that that was going to happen and Twitter, especially I'm talking about and getting boring to me because you got a girlfriend, but to your, to your credit, man, that hasn't happened. You're still oh, no. you salty as ever. It's funny. It's funny. You mentioned that. Cause you know what? Throughout the years that I've been on Twitter, like it's 10 or so, this is like my first, like not to dive too deep into the weeds, like my first, uh, first real relationship in a long time. We'll just say long, since I've been on social media and on occasion, I'll have like a hot take or a, a miserable take, whatever you think it's miserable. And I'll get some asshole who's like Jason five, three, two, one at bills, or some bullshit. And they'll be like, you got to go get laid, buddy. And I'm always like, OK, yeah, that, that's 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 the solution here for, for my anger is I have to go get laid. <laughs> since I've gotten laid repeatedly. I still hate Bill's Twitter. And I still have <laughs> shitty takes. It hasn't made me better. I, I, I basically think you could put me in an orgy at the Playboy Mansion with models and everything, and I would still go on the Bill's Twitter, and they would still make me miserable. Okay? So anyone who sits there and goes at people and goes, hey, you need to get laid, buddy. No, no, no. Fuck you. I need to get rid of Bill's Twitter. That's what it has to go to come down to. Anyway. <laughs> Do you know, I, I get asked quite often by people because – you're constantly going at it on Twitter with some like Bill's podcasters, uh, like Greg and Aaron and Nate Gary sometimes over food takes. And I get questions a lot. People saying, yo, are they being serious? Are they really fighting? I mean, you can clear the air here. I know that you're, 
you, your points are serious, but you're not actually being personal and offensive towards them personally. At least I don't think you are anyway. But I do. I get I get asked that a lot. Like, is, why, why is your boy fighting with all these guys? I mean, uh, you know, just sometimes their takes suck. And I just kind of wanted to tell them that they suck. Um, you know, if we're talking about Nate and Greg and Aaron, I mean, they're they're I would count them as frenemies, you know. For the most part, I, I do like Greg and Aaron more than I did a, probably a year ago at this time because I definitely wanted to shit all over Aaron because we had each other block. But you know, we 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 unblocked each other, and now we're 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 you know we're frenemies. You know, and that's I'm going to get you both on at the same time. I had Aaron on Tuesday. I got you on today. One of these episodes, I got to get you guys out at the same. You know, time. it's funny you mentioned that. You can leave this in or not, but I just got a DM from one of their writers who wants me to go on their podcast. And yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm probably if they're hearing this now, and I will probably DM them afterwards. I'm probably going to decline because everyone, I need to be paid if you want to book me on your podcast. I am exclusive to the whatever the fuck this podcast is called, the Moralytics Talking Buffalo, whatever your name is, Pat. Uh, <laughs> exclusive here, and that's in my contract that you have to pay me if you want to steal me from Pat because I'm a loyal, <laughs> I'm a loyal subject. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm going to have to DM them to decline, possibly to this, the mysterious uh, person at this at the uh, at the other website. I don't know why. Do you know, I, I don't even know why they would want me on. But okay, yeah. What am I going to do? You yell at Aaron all day and yell about all about all 22 and Christmas holidays and and hating Trump and you know all 22 <laughs> film dorks. Uh, anyway, no, I, I'm I, I'm playing if they're listening, but no, I. For anyone who wants to book me, I, I don't go on other podcasts unless it's Pat's because, uh, you know, I, <laughs> you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Christmas and it's funny because I spent a lot of time on Twitter. I work from home, you know, and I'm not doing shit during the day. So I do actually some actual work. I put some stuff into the podcast. I'm constantly like binge watching TV shows. Like I don't listen to music during the day or even sports talk radio and stuff like that. I pretty much just binge watch TV and I spend a lot of time on Twitter, trying to get some ideas, seeing what people are saying, stuff like that. And it could get interesting, man. People will argue about like anything. Like there's a list for everything today. To, and again, we're taping this on Thursday. People were ranking holidays and people are arguing about Christmas, where it should be. Is St. Patrick's day, even a holiday. And I'm like, and again, this is that circle that I'm talking about. You, myself, uh, Nate, Greg, Aaron, Bruce Nolan, sometimes a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of rock power report, a lot of bills, Twitter fans, of course, got their say. And, uh, yeah, people just will argue or disagree, not always argue, but at least disagree about all kinds of shit like Christmas versus Thanksgiving. I put out a tweet cause I think Thanksgiving's better than Christmas. Which, by the way, where do you fall on that? I, I believe Thanksgiving's better than Christmas. I, Me I, too. I, yeah. And I was in that, that giant. Experience. Why though? Why though? I agree with you, but why, why would you say Thanksgiving is bigger than Christmas? I have a specific reason, but like, what's yours? I have just, okay, look, maybe I've talked about this before. Maybe I haven't. I am just, and I'm going to be open-minded this Christmas. Cause I do have a lady that I really love and blah, 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 blah. So maybe Christmas will be better, but like throughout my entire existence, I have always hated Christmas. Okay. After I got out of like in my teenage years, like, you know, when you were a kid and you got toys it was great. Fine. But like for me, I don't care for the I don't care for Christmas music. I don't really care for for seeing the same Christmas movies every year. I mean, when was the last time a new Christmas movie came out? I don't even know. The it's like the same fucking Christmas movie. So why it's just boring after a while you're watching the same Christmas movies, great. My family, 
we either would go to my sister's house and like have a get together or we'll go to my sister's husband's family's house and we'll have a get together. And I can just tell you, dude, from the vibe, we're all miserable and we just want it to end so we can go back to normalcy of like going home and doing our own thing. I don't know what it is. I'm sure everyone else has like they're singing Christmas carols or they're kissing under the mistletoe or they're humping under the tree. All this shit. I just don't, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't like it. I understand if you like it, like if you got kids and maybe it's a big deal for you and, and all that sort of stuff, but all the things that go into it, I don't like Christmas songs really. I don't really care for Christmas movies unless it's Die Hard, which you could argue about that if it's a Christmas movie or not. It's just not, it's just not my thing. And I honestly, for as long as I can remember, I usually sit there and I know this is on brand and like people are probably like, no shit, Joe. But like, I look at the clock and I'm like, when is this going to end? And I'm like, when is the 26th going to come here so I can return gifts or get or use my coupons or whatever gifts and use that shit. Now, in terms of your initial premonition, why I like Thanksgiving more, I'm all about food. I love Thanksgiving dinner, turkey, shit like that, you know, pies, all that sort of stuff. That's why I like it more than Christmas. And to me, all Christmas is is like, hey, we were replacing, we're adding just a couple other nuances to what Thanksgiving always was. And obviously, I know on Thanksgiving, Christmas, you're not having turkey. You could be having fish or whatever the fuck. So (laughs) that's kind of my long run. And I'm I'm ready for this year. I am kind of a little excited to spend it with my girlfriend. You know, hopefully we don't break up before that. But like, (laughs) And then, like, obviously, I'm kind of looking forward to that because maybe part of it was a little bit like, oh, yeah, I got to go home alone and, and see a bunch of fucking and, like, kind of be by myself, which is kind of – which would kind of kind of would be a little shitty sometimes. That's why I kind of want it to be over with. So maybe this time around would be better. But in all honesty, like, my family, just for those holidays, for that – for Christmases, we're just not really into it. We eat and we watch TV and it's like, okay, when can we go home? And, like, it's, just, it's kind of like no one gets shit-faced. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe we all should get shit-faced. But there's no nothing like that for my family at all. And you can say, well, gee, now we know why you're miserable. It's genetics or whatever. But it's just kind of how it is, man. It's just not – it's never been a big thing for us. As a kid, I used to have to go to my grandfather's house, and I fucking hated it as a kid because it was so boring. There weren't really many kids to go play with. I was like, when the hell can we leave now? You know? Yeah. You know, but that's it. So, uh, yes, I, I, I gave you – you know. <laughs> You know, and, and that's it. And then don't get me started on midnight mass. Like, I have to go to mass at midnight. Fucking annoying. All right, go well, ahead. Well, I, I agree with you in terms of I, I like Thanksgiving better than Christmas. I, I think the differences might be a little bit different when it comes to Christmas. When it comes to Thanksgiving, what I like about it is the food, obviously. But you you get together with your family or your loved ones, best friends, whoever it may be. And you just enjoy a good day together with good food. And you're watching football. It's not a commercial thing and don't got to break the bank to enjoy your Thanksgiving. You know, if you're going to someone's house, maybe you bring a dish, you know what I'm saying? And you, it's just a good day with family or friends, people that you want to be around and you kind of celebrate that. And that's that Christmas. And again, not to sound grinchy or anything, but I feel, you know, when we're kids, we all have certain memories that you remember forever. Like you can't remember 90% of the shit from your childhood, but there's a few things that stick out. One of the things I can remember as a kid, to this day, I don't remember how old I was, but I know I was young. And I remember one year, my parents were really hurting at Christmas time. And I had kind of a shitty Christmas. I mean, 
that's no other way to put it. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a lot of stuff compared to other years. There were years before that, you know, the, the tree would be full. The room would look half full. In one year, my parents were really hurting and I was young and immature and, you know, selfish and greedy. And I'll never forget this. To this day, I sat there when it was done and I remember saying to my mom, like, that's it. You know, that's it. And I'll never forget this. She didn't show any emotion immediately, but minutes later, she kind of went in the back. Like we had her behind our kitchen was like this back room and she was in tears. And I saw that and that stuck with me. God, it's got to be over 30, 35 years ago now. I was a little kid when this happened and that really bothered me. And now I think Christmas, the shitty part about Christmas. And again, I'm not being a hater on Christmas. I like the spirit of Christmas. I like the Christmas carols. I like the gatherings. I like the, you know, the, the chain wall, not in freaking Florida, but in up North, I like the snow. It feels festive. But what I hate, especially having children is so many families go above and beyond what their means are because they want to give their kids the best Christmas. So you go out and you spend way more money than you could afford to spend because you want to get them every single gift that they want. Even if it's not practical, because kids don't understand the value of a dollar. Hell, some adults don't understand the value of a dollar, but anyway, you go broke at Christmas time. And then people are spending a month, two months waiting for their taxes to come back. If they're getting money back, sometimes they spend a quarter of the year just catching up from debt, from credit card debt, or because they used all their cash. Um, people don't pay their bills. They fall behind on utility bills or even their rent or car payments because their 10, 11 year old kid wants this and that for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to disappoint them. You know, I, I, my, our buddy, my buddy, Greg Thompson was talking about that in cover one, how much he loves Christmas. The sheer joy of watching his kids open up the presents outweighs everything else. And that's true. But you know, at the same token, a lot of people who are doing that, they're not going to pay their rent in January. And I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm being serious. You know, people are going to fall behind for months and months because Christmas has become such a hallmark, not even a hallmark. It's become such a commercial holiday that it's about gifts and getting as much shit as you possibly can. Now, if you're a kid, that's pretty cool. But if you're an adult with responsibilities, man, set you behind. I know there's been many years for Christmas where I've been in debt for months. Mm-hmm. just because of Christmas. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I, to me, Thanksgiving and the, and the theme of it and just being around people and having a meal and enjoying football and conversation to me, that's why I think Thanksgiving's better than Christmas. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's I get your point in, in that, in that regards. Um, <laughs> Isn't it supposed to be a football podcast? <laughs> no, but like, I hear what you're saying. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you can go, you know, broke on, you know, I've never had that experience. Or I've known, but you know, people obviously. I'm sure it's it's something that could is the case. So my son wants an X, the new Xbox, whatever that. I don't even know what the hell that is this year. All I know is that it costs over five hundred dollars. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, like me and my sister, our entire Christmas probably didn't cost my parents five hundred dollars, and we had a half of a living room stuffed with boxes. In today's day and age, and again, not to be that old guy who bitches about everything, but what are you going to do? One package alone is $500, bro. And, he, and that's what he really wants. What am I not going to give it to him? That's my point. Yeah. You find a way to do it and then you pay for it later on. So let me tell you how I do Christmas kind of with gifts. Um, so I, I spend a lot of money. I'm a, I'm a credit card t- type of guy. Like I do not buy anything with cash ever. It's always credit card, always credit card. And you always should try to, if you have a credit card, get one where you get thank you points or whatever they're called. I have one through Citibank. 
which I get points all the time. So my credit card bill a month is you're talking like the cable, health insurance, you know, electric, phone. It's like $1,000 a month maybe or something like that. Who knows? Maybe less or more. We'll give or take. But I get points on it. So by the end of the year, I can use all my points to buy gifts. And that's normally yeah. what I do. So that's just kind of some advice for you, Pat. You know, I don't know if you're a credit card type of guy or anything like that. But, like, get a credit card where you can get thank you points. Because I, I can probably get, like, $200 worth of gifts, you know. And that's what I do, like, for Christmas. I'll be like, oh, okay, let me, let me go. I'm going to get an express coupon and then shop for someone because I can use my thank you points or anything like that. I don't know if you do that. I don't know if your credit card allows that. Mine does. So I would say you should look into look into something like that, maybe. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's when you when you have kids is when the game changes. Like I remember, well, my wife now at the time we were dating, and even before we had our son, it's like Christmas, and it still is fun. I still like Christmas. I just like Thanksgiving better. All I'm saying is that there's an element of Christmas that people they feel it, but they really don't talk about it much. And like I said, it's just putting you dead. Now I I, I agree with you that there's ways around it and all, but I don't know. Anyway, like I said, that's just one of the many things that sitting around all day on social media, even, you know, primarily Buffalo Bills, Twitter, as you like to call it, that I was seeing a lot of, I just thought that was a pretty interesting, speaking of interesting, by the way, and we're going to talk at least a couple minutes worth of Bills, New England anyway, but I just finished binge watching, I should say re-binging your favorite show ever. It's the first time I'm talking about Game of Thrones. It's the first time that I watched it since initially watching it. Like this was my my first time re-binging the show. Um, I remember when it was on a couple of years ago because I I remember having you on the podcast because again that's your favorite show. And I remember the last season, which was what uh, that's season eight or seven. I can't remember how many seasons there were. Eight. All right, so season eight, I was a little disappointed the first time around. Maybe it was because again it was we were talking on the fly. And I think maybe my expectations for how the show would wrap up were just completely, looking back now, just utterly unrealistic. You know, like expected so much more to happen at that time. But as I rewatched it and I paid more attention to like the little details and the storytelling and the way that they wrap things up, I think I had a better appreciation for it. Like I'm sure you've, again, it's your favorite show. I'm sure you've watched it now more than once. When you went back and rewatched it, at least the last season anyway, did you appreciate it any more or less? Or did you just like season eight the first time you saw it enough that it really didn't move the needle for you anyway? Um, well, I watched it. I binged it with my girlfriend because she had never seen it before. And we just did it recently. Mm-hmm. So she liked the series. She thought the ending was pretty stupid. Um, you know, for me. Yeah, I mean, it's it. I would say it went down a little bit for me for that the the long night episode when the White Walkers attacked King's Landing or not King's Landing, excuse me, Winterfell. Like that episode mm-hmm. when I first saw it, I thought it was amazing. And then when you saw it again and again, and I've seen it a couple times, and recently I saw it, I was kind of like, eh, like this is really unrealistic. Like how did like certain characters survive this? Like how did Sam Tarly, you know, the, the biggest pussy in the world, survive this? Yeah, there's like 20 walkers surrounding them in one shot. Yeah, like <laughs> he survives. I this somehow how did Jamie survive it with his his one freaking hand where he where it right. makes it abundantly clear he doesn't have any sort of uh like he does he's not the same fighter before, but he somehow survived. 
you know, that, that, that episode definitely kind of shrunk a little bit with me. You know, I'm so happy. Like, you know, Aria was the the hero then. Uh, but my, it, the opinion for the whole thing hasn't changed much. Like, I still think, I still think it's a great show. I think it's the top three shows like I've, I've seen. The end is obviously still shitty. It will always be shitty. It was shitty when it happened when we found out who got the throne. Uh, we it, it was it's still dumb on how uh, you know what happened with uh, you know with with Daenerys turning heel within like five seconds. Like I mean that was a Vince Russo type heel turn. <laughs> it did yeah, come quick. Bad. Yeah, it's just kind of like it was just like okay, we needed like a season worth of her turning bad. Not two freaking episodes. Jon Snow fucked so many things up just by being truthful. And just not doing the easy thing. Like, pretty much him rejecting her he, in that one scene was the final nail that really made her just become evil, man. He needs to just fuck her and, like, you know, take one for the team, dude. I know it's your aunt, but, like, you just met her. Come on. Take one for the team. <laughs> I still hate the ending. I did hate, I hated the ending the way it ended. Uh, I liked it up until, I liked when John killed her, but I didn't like what, how it happened after. You think they would have been waiting for a trial or justice? They would have cut his head off right then and there. Uh, the fact that Tyrion was a prisoner instead of getting killed, it was just, uh, I don't know. I, there were just little things, but all in all, like I said, I, I did like the way it marinated early in that last season. And it was really cool seeing so many people that were never together in the series near the end, all start to come together. You know what I mean? Like they were included, they intertwined with each other. And, uh, yeah, I, I still I I liked it a lot. I still think that the ending, the la- when I say the ending, I mean the very end, like the last half of the last episode, kind of was a, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I still don't it, like it. Yeah, and like again, I mean, we beat this drum probably last year when we talked about it. I thought, you know, with Bran, I get I get that it made sense because he could see everything. He could see if you're lying. He doesn't have any families, which. Or like any kids or whatever. So yeah, that kind of made sense. But they just never made him a. No one gave a shit about him. Like he was never a compelling character. He never did anything. Maybe if he would have warged into like dragons or done something, that would have been like, oh wow, what a cool character. Like use your, you have four, you have powers, you know. And he never really used them, you know, to make. And he said he didn't want to be. Plus, didn't he say all all along he didn't want power. He didn't want to be king. Yeah. But then when they had that council to decide Tyrion and Jon's fate. I remember somebody, I might've been Tyrion. I was Tyrion who said something about being a king and mm-hmm. Brand said, why do you think I came all this way? Like, I thought you didn't want to be king motherfucker. Yeah. Now you want to be there king. Was, there was some poor ass writing on it. So, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's still a good show. I still enjoyed it, but yeah, the end was kind of lame. Oh, uh, <laughs> are you, uh, are you going to be into, um, I don't know if you know this, but they, they have a, uh, a, a prequels coming out next year. I think at some point, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a, like a thousand years earlier with the Targaryen family. With Daenerys. you know, I don't know because here's and this is the most ironic thing is I don't like those type of shows. Like I'm not a sci-fi guy. I'm not an old gladiator guy. I'm not a magic kind of guy. Like I don't like any of the Harry Potters. I don't watch Lord of the Rings stuff. I never liked any of that. But somehow, some way, my wife convinced me to actually give it a legitimate, open-minded shot, and I just got completely hooked on it because it was one of those shows where you felt like you can't miss an episode. There was so much storytelling and action going on that it was crazy, which by the way, that that's the other day I want to ask you. So like I said, I'm home all day and night 
for the most part. I'm down here in Florida. I work from home. Don't have much of a social life. Don't want much of a social life down here anyway. And I watch a lot of TV shows. And it's funny because the other show that I binged, and this one was for the first time, was Shit's Creek. Which, I mean, you couldn't have a bigger polar opposite than Shit's Creek and Game of Thrones. If, I mean, there's l- literally, you can't come up with something that's more different. But anyway, have you watched that show yet? Because I just finished it and I was blown away. I was, I was shocked. I loved Shit's Creek, man. A lot of people told me about it. I watched the first season a couple of years ago and then it bored me and I stopped. I finally went back to what I saw it through and man, it really paid off. I love that fucking show. Yeah, so it's it's funny. Uh, it's coincidental. Like right after we finished Thrones, me and my girlfriend, which we finished it last week, she got me and we, we, we're doing Shit's Creek because she's seen it before and she loves it. So we're almost done with season one. And I know season one, a lot of people on Twitter weren't really like, eh, it's okay. And then like it kind of got really good. I, I've, I've so far enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes. I'm like one episode. Like I said, I'm like, where are you right now? I'm still in season one. So I'm like 12 episodes in basically in season one. So, you know, my favorite thing about Shit's Creek is, and I mean, and, and I heard a lot of other people say it. So there's six seasons and you know, like. For an example, Game of Thrones, you might say that the best seasons were somewhere in the middle. For me, Shit's Creek, there were six seasons. Every single season was better than the next one. It went up and ascended to me all the way. Not in terms, again, there's not a lot of action, but there's a lot of character development and a lot of depth of these characters. And again, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it for you or for anyone else, but it's just, uh, it, there's a lot of laughs and frankly... You know, I'm not afraid to say it. A lot of cries. Man, I, I cried a few times. This is some really good tender moments. It's funny. And it really, I don't know. I guess maybe the biggest thing is maybe I'm homesick. I miss small town feel. And now Buffalo is not really a small town, but some of the suburbs are anyway. I miss that feel compared to being, I mean, not as big as you because you're literally in New York City. But down here in Florida, I say it all the time. It's not that Florida's not nice. I like Florida very much, but it's like there's no communities. There's no small town feel. I could go down to the restaurants that are on this strip 75 times and I'm going to see 75 different groups of people. Whereas you go to small towns, it's the same people in the same diners. You know the waitress's name. You know, everybody knows everybody. Just Creek kind of was a reminder for me of that. And, and it makes me miss that. But anyway, that's fucking fantastic show. Yeah, You'll like it. Yeah, I'm excited to to go, get through it more. Obviously, since everyone has seemed to like it, you know the crazy thing about that show, and I don't know if you know this, is that it, it you, you it kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like in terms of like popularity, like within the last year or two, right? And in case you don't know what happened, I don't you know I don't know if listeners know this, but like it was a Canadian. It, it's filmed in Canada. It's filmed yeah. in Ontario actually, and Eugene Levy, you know the 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 dad. His son, who's on the show, his real son, and his daughter are both on the show as well. Like his real life daughter is, uh, you know, the son came up with the with the script. He wrote it, sold it. He writes every single episode, basically. And when it started, it was like about as independent as independent can get. It was on Pop TV, which if you watch Pop TV, you would probably be hard pressed to find it on your on your cable system or whatever. The only reason why I know Pop TV was TNA. Impact Wrestling used to air on it like five years ago. And I was like, what the hell is Pop TV? And um, that's how it got. And it got bigger and bigger because then Netflix got a hold of it. Like, because obviously everyone knows, like when a series ends on TV or with the, the season ends, it goes to Netflix. And then that kind of boosts its 
profile, and that's how everyone, you know, everyone started getting into it, and that's how they started getting awards. Like season, I think, I think season four and five and six, they got into it. So they had such a little budget on that show, and I was like going down a wormhole of this. Like the actual clothes used on the show are their clothes in real life, because again, it's Eugene Levy, his son, who plays his son on the show, is his real son, used his own clothes. Like, that's how low budget the, the show was. That they would use their own clothes, you know, on the show. So it's definitely, it's kind of a crazy story to me, someone who has a TV background that sees, like, this underdog show that was, like, basically an independent TV series that wasn't even really airing on any, it didn't really get make money or anything like that. And it got, it you know, it got its niche. And it got, and it blew up. And it came, it came from very bare bones of like funding and budgets and everything along those lines. And it's kind of crazy. Cause you know, it's a pretty, I know all the, you know, when you watch a sitcom, you, you maybe you, you'll know like maybe one actor or, you know, from like a, a previous show or previous movie or something like that, like that, like the lead where on this show, it's like, Oh wow. It's Eugene Levy. It's the mom from home alone. It's Chris Elliott, you know, who's like the mayor who you remember from like, you know, something about Mary. He hasn't aged at all. He looks exactly the same. As I know he does. It's funny. It's weird because he looked kind of older and creepy back in the day, but he doesn't look any older, any creepier than he did 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, but I, I've enjoyed it a lot. It's been it's been so far. It's a good, like you kind of said, going from one one extreme, like you go we go from Thrones when we were watching it to this, but I, I've enjoyed it so far. I mean, we're I'm binging it. I'm going to actually tonight when I see my lady, I'm going to probably watch more episodes with her. So. Well, I'll tell you, one of the, my favorite things about binging that shows like that, too, is that they're only 22-minute episodes, kind of like The Office. You can really feel like you're getting somewhere in one long uh, session. And again, at the end of the day, it's a comedy. And I talked to a lot of people because this show resonated with a lot of people, and they either loved it or they thought it was stupid. Um, you know, and corny as this may be to me, like the show demonstrates, and I'm not giving any spoilers away again, is a like if you're open-minded enough and I'm talking about the characters here to, you know, they had a bad past, something bad happened to them and they were able to put that behind them and start over again. Like literally, you know, like well, I'm talking about money and friendships and people that you meet, love community, all that stuff, man. It's a, it's a comedy, but if you're going to read between the lines, it's like a lot more than that. It's almost like an anomaly in today's fucked up world. You know what I'm saying? Now, again, the people who didn't like it are people like me who said initially, I watched the, for the good for you is that you're already kind of invested and you've liked it. A lot of people said they watched a couple episodes of the first season and it was just boring and they threw in the towel prematurely, which I did that originally a year and a half, two years ago or whatever it was. I'm, I'm just glad I gave it a shot. So people out there listening, if you want a nice comedy that has some emotion and you know, it's just a happy show, man. And again, I feel like everything going on and I know this is corny, but everything is going on in our society today, man, just to watch something that feels good and makes you feel good to watch. You know what I'm saying? That alone makes it worth it. Uh, yeah, I, I hear you on that. Um, I want to ask you a question, like a real question to you. You you've, you've kind of have talked about this before and mm-hmm. how you're, you're kind of miserable in Florida. Like, you know, you're, you're not, you know, and maybe I'm overstating that. No, you're right. And you kind of say you miss like like Buffalo, like the the small town feel kind of thing, or whatever, like the suburbs. Do you think you have done? And I know you can't really do it now because it's COVID, and like you know, obviously, maybe part of you is like I, I can't go out and socialize or whatever. 
But do you think you have you have said fuck this? I don't feel like socializing because I hate Florida sometimes. Do yes. you know what I mean? Like you're not giving it like it's you're not putting the effort in to like hey like why can't you like Pat? You know I've known you on Facebook. We'll just say and, you know we've never met face to face, and I'm glad because you're ugly. Uh, no, but re- I'm kidding. Uh, but we've we've <laughs> known each other on Facebook for like ten years and messaged each other for ten years, and you seemed. Like when I would see you post photos, you always seem like you were with, hanging with a bunch of dudes, and like you seem you seem pretty popular. I'll I'll just say. Whereas, like you know, you were a former bartender. Like I think you bartended. I remember you kind of told me. Yeah, that. Like, many years. Yep, many years. And you knew people. Like you could probably go. But like I feel. Do you feel like you have not tried to make that same effort with? Hey, I'm going to go to the local the local pub or or a bar, not pub, but whatever bar, and talk to the town folk. Maybe get in, maybe make some new friends down here. Do you feel like you have made that effort at all? Or have you just been like, I hate it here. I don't feel like making effort or, you know, at all, because you did, you were pretty, you, it's not like you've always had a family, you, you know, since I've known you and you known these people, but do you think you have just not really given it a chance? Yes, I, I agree. Yes, absolutely. I've, uh, I haven't given it a full chance. I threw in the towel and. I'm at a point mentally where that's not going to change. I think here, here's the thing, man. So I think when you spend your entire life and now this is not, this is how I feel. Maybe other people would disagree. So I spent pretty much 95% of my life from the time I was born until I was 40 some years old in Buffalo. I didn't really know anything else. And I think when you only experience one thing, you start to take throughout the course of life, you start to take a lot of things for granted. Uh, the places that you eat, the people that you're friends with, the things there are to do. You know, it's easy to just blow stuff off. Uh, the winter, I hate the winter, which by the way, that's unrelated. And I'll, and I'll always hate the winter. But point being is I, I think you start to take things for granted. That community feel, and then you move somewhere else and, and it's gone. And uh, you start to miss the things that, again, that you took for granted. I came down here in 2016 and the first year was a honeymoon to me. And by the way, I should say this too. So for people, and again, I'm not going to retell the whole story, but the reason why we moved to Florida to begin with, well, two reasons. Number one, my wife worked for a company in Buffalo and she was offered an opportunity to get a bump and pay a, a promotion, a transfer down to Sarasota, Florida, where the headquarters are for her company. So that was one of them. And my son was going into eighth grade. And he's a good high school, or I knew he was going to be a, a good high school football player. He was a very good little loop football player in Buffalo. And I wanted him to go come down here and compete against the best of the best. Because everybody knows that Florida and Texas are the best states in the country for high school football. So that combined with never having been anywhere else, uh, being sick again of the winter, and just the same old, same old, I've, I pushed pretty hard for us to move down here. And the first, and I, so to answer your question directly, I did try early on, like I was laying, I was trying to live, it's salt life is like the big hashtag in Florida, you know, because people are always on the water. I was always laying out at the pool. I was going to the beaches. I was trying to do as much as I could maybe for the first year. I remember the first winter because I moved down here in the summer and by the winter, you know, the best thing about living in Florida is the winter weather. It's beautiful. And I was being an asshole. I would constantly take selfies or, you know, pool pictures with my feet showing, you know, overlooking the pool while my friends are and family are freezing their asses off in January, February in Buffalo. 
that was like kind of the honeymoon period. But as time went on, I started to miss some of the simplicities of Buffalo, which again, that's a good thing for me. And just in, in terms of trying to make it work, I, I did kind of give up, which is ironic because, and there's a reason too. My wife plays sports like volleyball and, and softball. And there's some other stuff that goes on down there. And there's this league called MVP, which is really, really cool, by the way. It's a recreational sports league, guys and girls. They get together, they play in leagues, but they're also, it's a social league too. Like you meet people, you hang out. My wife has done very well to meet a lot of friends. I have closed my mind to the point of wanting to get back home that I kind of threw in the towel on that. They're acquaintances to me. They're her friends and they're my acquaintances because again, I miss family. I miss friends. I miss food. I miss bear blasts and meat raffles and community. I miss Sunday football during bill season where the game means a lot, man. People, everybody, the town is dressed in Bill's gear. The bars pre-COVID, you know, are packed. It means something. Down here, it don't mean shit, man. It's, it's just a different vibe, a different lifestyle. And if you like water, if you like beaches, if you like seafood, if, you, if you're patient and you don't mind old people who drive like shit clogging the streets, this is a great place to live. But for me, it's just not, man. I miss the North. So to answer your question, long-winded here, yeah, I threw in the towel and I probably never gave it a full chance for me to be happy down here. I think, I think you need to give it a chance. Also, you know, there has to nah. be, there has to be some bills, bills, backers, bars. Down. There there's, they're corny. I mean, they're okay for down they're here. Like, have they're, you, they're, 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 you they're, there? yes, I have. I have, there's a positive pizza 10 minutes from me and they have, it's supposed to be like the area bills backer. Again, I'm not trying to diss old people, but it's what the old people just sitting there. Like if Matt Milano has an interception here, Yay, you're a couple claps. You know what I'm saying? In Buffalo, it's fucking bang the bar, pounding shots, being loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wait, hold on. When was the last time you went? Not this season. I have went last in seasons prior. There's a place in Brandon. I, I think it's called O'Brien's. It's in Brandon, Florida, about a little bit outside of Tampa Bay. It's okay. It's not bad. It's just not the same. You know how it is. Once you set your mind to something, you refuse to let it, it you you refuse to let it be swayed and i'll tell you right now again we'll see how things play out but all i'm gonna tell you is this my son graduates from high school at the end of may i'm talking about 2021 he is going to play college football he is almost certainly going to be playing college football somewhere up north like new york pennsylvania ohio and our lease where we live now expires at the end of may there's a lot of shit that's leaning to saying yo Time to get back to Buffalo. And again, that decision has not formally been made. It has in my mind, but some things still have to work out. I just, it's just not for me, man. I, I just miss Buffalo. That's a, you know, and now I know some people leave family and friends have a lot to do with it. I know. So I have two friends, good friends who moved down here. I'll kind of feel like shit in a way. If I go back to Buffalo, I feel like I'm leaving them high and dry, but the difference between me and them, they don't have tight family in Buffalo. You know, they don't have, they don't have this, they don't feel about Buffalo the same way that I do now. Maybe I didn't feel that way four years ago, but I've learned to feel that way through absence and not being there. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, look, if you're leaving, then, you know, hasta la vista. But if you're staying there long, even after your son graduates, I think you need to go. I, if I were you, I would try to go back to some Bill's bars there. Maybe meet some new yeah. guys down there. Maybe you, you'll meet like an expat who's from. Your town. I don't even know where are you. Where do you live again? Or where are you? Is West Seneca. 
Is that where you're? Where? Well, I've, I'm from the West Side. I grew up on the West Side, and I lived all over Western New York uh, through the years. I've lived in Lackawanna. I've lived in sure. Hamburg. The last five years before we moved down there, I lived in West Seneca, which I liked a lot. And again, you know, one one other thing, too, because I do have some buddies down here, at least, you know, strong acquaintances. I don't know how good the friends they are, so to speak. But I'm not dis. There's nothing wrong with people down here. They're just not my people. But that doesn't mean they're not good people. It's a close-mindedness of me that I don't want to get too close to people when my heart is already set and my mind is already set on going back to Buffalo. And you know what I'm saying? So it's nothing against people down here. There's a lot of really good people down here, man. You know, now you've been in New York for a long time and you probably, you're the opposite. You probably don't have a desire to move back to Buffalo because you made New York work for you. And that's cool. I just don't ever see anywhere else except Buffalo working for me personally, you know? Well, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, look, Florida sucks in general. I don't like Florida. I mean, I shouldn't say I don't like Florida. I've only, the weather I'm sure is great, but I'm sure the people. It's not that great. It's not that great. It's just as bad in the summer. It's minus snow. It's uncomfortably hot for a lot of the summer and it rains every fucking day for five months. Okay. Well, I was just going to say like, like, uh, you know, I I think the difference is like, I do think New York city is better than Florida. So that's why I've made it work. You know what I mean? But like everyone, no, maybe it's not everyone who, who feels that way. Obviously it depends. New York city would change my mind, buddy. I'll tell you right now, I, I'd love to live in New York City. That probably, if I was rich and I could afford to live in Times Square, Manhattan. Oh, I live in Times Square. God damn it. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> I'm serious. Though. Jokes aside, I, I would li- my mind would be different in living in New York. You know, it's, Which, it's, by it's, the way, that's another thing too, Joe. One last thing. Another problem I have living in Florida isn't that I'm not in Buffalo. It's that I'm 20 hours away from Buffalo. You know, if I oh, live somewhere where I can get home in six to eight hours, I would be much more open to living somewhere than 20 hours. Right. Well, you know, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, I, I hope I hope at some point you make you figure it out and, you know, <laughs> you, know you make friends or something or you give it a shot again or whatever. And or you go back to, you know, it's obviously it feels like your heart is in Buffalo, which is it's cool. You know, I get it. <laughs> All right. Now that my now that we've uh, opened up Pandora's box on my midlife crisis here, I do want to spend before we get out of here just a couple minutes anyway, talking about the Buffalo Bills in this game on Sunday. Let me ask you this, because again, going back to social media here, how big is this game to you? Because some people on social media, including some bloggers, podcasters, stuff like that, they're talking like this is the biggest like non-playoff game of the century and shit for Buffalo. I don't agree with that personally at all, but like, where do you fall on like how big of a game is this for the Buffalo Bills on Sunday? Yeah, you know, are we talking about how like, you know, burying the dynasty kind of thing? I know Sal Capaccio wrote something about that like this yeah week. yeah just um, in general i mean when you look at the schedule and you see what games they played what games are left sure. like people are talking like this is the game of the season all right well uh, uh, or go ahead okay i'll just say this um i don't think it's like the game of the season i mean it's obviously a winnable game there aren't many games on the schedule where i can say confidently like oh the bill should win this this patriots game I feel they should win it. Now the ghost of Patriots past it's there. Cause there have been moments where I thought, okay, yeah, the bills, the Patriots are right for the pickings and they obliterate the bills. You know, I mean, they, they, they swept the bills in 2008 with Matt freaking castle at quarterback, but obviously that's historically, that's too long ago anyways, but I don't know if it's like a huge game or a, like a game that's going to like 
swing the balance of power. Like, I don't think the Patriots are very good. I think they, sh- they, they, they got to win it in a, in a sense that there's so many like tougher games down the schedule. Like you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, And this is the team that they're supposed to be. Um, in terms of relishing in like the Patriots death as a Bills fan, I'm, a, I'm I have mixed feelings on that because a part of me really wishes like we would have took the torch from them when they were at full power, when like Tom Brady was still there, when they had a team, when they were good, you know what I mean? Like that would have been great. It would have been great last year if they had beat them in the, what was it, the second to last game of the year last year? And yeah, maybe they won, yeah, maybe they wanted. I think they could have won a division then because if they had won the next week, they win the division since the, the Patriots lost against Miami. I could be wrong. Yep, that's the way. It, no, you're right. That's the way yeah. it played out. Like that would have been perfect. Of like, yeah, stomp a mud hole in their dynasty. Like that would have been super super cool to me. You know, but now that they're like the shits already, we we have really nothing to do with ending their quote unquote dynasty because they're they they're doing it themselves. To me, it's a little bit like the '90s Bulls, where like the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls used to always with Jordan dominate like the Cavaliers, and they dominated them for freaking twelve years, and then Jordan retires, and I'm sure there were some Cavs fans probably in '99 with whoever the hell they had on their team. I don't even remember. It could have been like Terrell Brandon for all I know. But, like, I'm sure they were like, oh, man, we, we just beat the Bulls, but they beat the Bulls without Jordan and Pippen. And it doesn't feel the same. You know what I mean? So it doesn't feel – it's going to be cool. Like, I'll, I'll, if they beat them, like, I'll have a good laugh. Like, uh, look at these assholes. They're fucked. But it, it's not going to feel the same to me in a, man, I wish they could have beat them when they were good and, like, just ripped the torch from them. Because it feels like the torch is just – it, they don't even have the torch anymore because they, they did it to themselves, the Patriots, in a way. Right, right. Yeah, I, look, you're spot on with that as far as I'm concerned. It's not like, it is important. It does matter. It's not like it's just, they're playing the Jets or the Bengals. Because if they do win, New England's 2-5, and five, and that's pretty much a wrap for them this year. So you can put that final nail on them. In that aspect, it is important. But, I mean, I saw a lot of today, again, we're talking Thursday here, a lot of almost like historical, at least recently historical uh, responses of this being a big game. And you talked about it. Last year's game in week 16 was way bigger. The Bills came into that game at 10 and 4, and New England was 12 and 3. Had the Bills won, they would have had a legit chance to win a division, which they would have won, as it turns out, because Miami beat New England. So to me, this game in week 7 is not more important that even just one year ago in week 16. So in a historical context, nah, not even close. But again, you have a chance to put them away right now. To me personally, the bigger game might be on Monday night, a couple of days after Christmas. They play week 16 again at New England, or they play Miami at home in week 17. Those probably might end up being bigger games than this. But regardless of how big uh, the game is to you, I, I don't think it takes, uh, we don't need to be Joe B and, Matt Fairburn or all these other people, we don't need to be an expert to say Bill's going to have to run the football and they're going to have to stop the run to win the game. It's as simple as that. And as as bad as New England's been this year, they have run the ball well. I think they're fourth in the NFL in rushing. And as good as the Bills have been mostly this year, they have not been very good in running the ball. They're like fourth on the bottom in the NFL in rushing. So in terms of a matchup, and by the way, Julian Edelman's out. So I mean, New England ain't got no one to throw the fucking football to. This is going to literally be who can run the football better. I mean, it doesn't take a smart person to figure that out, right? 
Right. And keep in mind, the weather's supposed to be pretty shitty Sunday. That's supposed to be, I saw, I, th- I saw Sal from GR tweet that's supposed to be like 40 mile yeah. per hour gust. So you're going to have issues probably throwing the football in this game for, for both teams. And so that could, that could work in the favor of the pay, the Patriots, because like you said, the Patriots have no one to throw the ball to right now. So I, I, I think it's going to be a tough game. You know, New England, I mean, I still it, – it could be, again, those ghosts a little bit of, like, you know, you don't underestimate, you know, Belichick yet. I think the Bills should win. I it's, – it's again, it's like a double-edged sword because I think to myself, what if they lose? And, like, how shitty would it be? Like, it's it would be – it would just be, like – it would be definitely, like, a, like you really – I can understand from a fan's point of view of, like, oh, man, I thought we were going to bury these assholes for once – but then the other part of me just thinks that at the end the Patriots aren't going to be there like this season. I think they're going to finish like a seven and nine record at best. You know, maybe I mean? maybe, maybe they might not even get there. <laughs> no, but you're right. Yeah, but you know it's so weird, man. Like with the Patriots, like three weeks ago, like they before the COVID thing happened with them, it was it was very much cheek to say like, oh look at them, like Cam's doing really well. I mean, I was doing. I was saying that he's doing well. Like he went, he was dueling with Russell Wilson in Seattle. <laughs> I call him Scam Newton. Yeah, I call him Scam, and you got yeah. pissed off at me. Uh, yeah, you were being a dick. But like, yeah, he like they looked good, and they were like a strong. What were they like two and one? And they beat the Raiders, and then like within like a couple of weeks, they just they've just been horrible, you know. But like, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm still a little. I think the Bills are going to win on Sunday, but I'm still there is that cynical point of me that goes, man, maybe this is this is like classic Belichick. Like we think they're dead, and it's Michael Myers, and they come back from the dead, and they fucking fuck with us. But the, the Bills- well, you 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 brought up a great point though, Joe, when you were breaking that down. And I want to ask you, I want to follow up with a question here. So when the Bills lost to Tennessee and they lost to Kansas City consecutive games. It sucked to lose, and it's natural to question, well, maybe this team's not as good as we think they are. That's fine. But if they lose this week to New England, a game they should win. And by the way, a New England team that's not just that they're 2-4, and four, but their last two weeks, they lost at home to Denver, and they only lost that game 18-14. But I'm going to tell you right now, I watched that game. The only reason why New England didn't get lose by 30 is because Drew Locke threw two of the worst interceptions in the fourth quarter with a lead you'll ever see in your life. He allowed New England back into that game. So anyway, they lost at home to Denver, and then they got spanked last week at home to San Francisco. So this is a team that has not played well. They're 2-4. and four. So to follow up on what you said, if the Bills do lose, and I don't care if it's a high-scoring game, I don't care if it's 7-6, to six. if the Bills lose at home to the 2-4 and four New England Patriots, this is going to be the first time this year, in my opinion anyway, where like, you really have to start questioning how good and how realistic it is that the Bills are contenders. Because losing to the, to the Chiefs or losing to the Titans, that's one thing. Losing at home to the 2-4 and four Patriots who just got slapped at home twice in a row, that's not good at all. Yeah. Well, I, I still kind of question it, to be honest with you. Even if they win or lose on Sunday. If they beat the Patriots, I'll, I'll be frank, I don't... It's not going to, I'm not going to sit here and go, well, you know, now they're contenders or they're, now they're in the top four of the, of the East which I don't think they are, or not the East. I don't think they're the top four in the AFC right now. You know, and even if they beat them, I don't. I still don't, wouldn't think that because I, I do. Yeah, I agree. That bad. I, I think they're fifth. I think they're fifth right now. Right now, yeah, I, I think they're, they're fifth. That, they're, in that, they're in that mix with Cleveland and, you know, whoever else. Like, you know, pick a pick a team in the South, maybe. I don't know. But, no, but definitely, right. you know, but I, I – I, and again, things can change. You know, I'm always – 
I'm always a huge proponent about I don't give a shit about beating bad teams, to be honest with you. I mean, I do, but I don't. But like, you know, if they had walloped the Jets by 50, I would have been like, well, it's the Jets. If they would, if they would have just barely won, which they, you know, they won by eight, but the the score, you know, the, the stats and everything indicated they really kicked their asses. You know, I would it, it it doesn't bother me that much because at the end of the day, good teams, really good teams, sometimes do have issues with shitty teams. Sometimes, I mean, we've watched the Patriots over the years have struggles with the Dolphins when the Dolphins weren't very good. You know, even the Jets. Like I remember Rex when he was with the Jets used to. And he was like fiddling in that six and ten, seven and nine mediocrity. We're giving the Patriots issues at times, you know, with with the Patriots winning barely. You know, they just the Patriots always seem to kill the Bills all the time. But to me, I'm I am still in that mindset, and I'll argue with anyone about this that you have to beat good teams to be a good team. And it's not just that, but it's also for me to feel confident about you when you hit the playoffs. Because, again, when you hit the playoffs, you're not playing the Jets anymore. You're not playing Duck Hodges or whatever the fuck. You're playing the best of the best of the AFC. And that's where, you know, the Bills are what? Like, I think Matt Fairburn had that stat. Like, they're 3-15 and against teams that have made the playoffs. McDermott is. That's a horrific, horrific record. And, like, one of those wins was against the Titans when they had – when Marcus Mariota was the quarterback. You know, and you have to you have to beat good teams. Like, when you beat good teams, then I will put you in the top four of the AFC. That's just how it works. I, don't, I, don't, I, I know some people have issue with using that sort of knowledge, or not knowledge, but using that sort of dynamic. But, look, you got you got to beat good teams eventually. And, I, and, and right. we judge that by what you do in the regular season. And the Bills' schedule just outside of New England, and we've talked about this all year when I've come on the podcast, it's murder. Like, there's – there's only like two games where I can say comfortably they should win, and or it's the Patriots. I guess you three against the Patriots and probably in the Broncos game. Like that's the one where I could sit there and go, Psh, I can go out to eat that day and not even have to watch the game. You know what I mean? Like in terms of feeling confident. Everyone else, maybe the Chargers game as well. I'll throw in that as like I'm com- kind of confident, even though their rookie quarterback's been lighting the freaking world on fire right now. But other than that, like, there's just – there is no shitty – like, there's not that many other, like, psh, walking away happy. Like, you know, like, oh, they, they got this in the bag. And that's why I keep thinking – I keep thinking, like, they're a 10-6 and six team that should win the division, I think. I still think they're going to win the division. I'm very confident, you know, and I'm pretty cynical when it comes to the Bills and being successful. I think they're going to win the division. But then after that – if they go against the Ravens, the, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Steelers, I'm not confident at all. In, in well, that. winning the division matters because, I mean, that's winning the division and it's also a home playoff game. So well, that I mean, is big. Well, well, hold on, Pat. Sorry to interrupt you. But does a home playoff game really mean that much without fans there? Like, no, not as much as not as much as previous years. I, I, I agree to that. I'm not saying it's everything. But it is, again, winning the division obviously automatically gets you in the playoffs and it automatically gets you a home game. Sure. I would, I I mean, look, I don't want to say anything about fans because who the hell knows if there's going to still be, there might be no fans even in January allowed in Orchard Park anyway, at least. Um, Yeah, it does. It does matter. It's not as important, I think, as in other years. But winning the division, put it this way. Here's the, the bottom line. If they beat New England, New England's done. That's a wrap. And if everything goes perfect for Buffalo on Sunday, 
at approximately 4 p.m. So they beat New England, say goodbye to the Patriots at two and five, they're done. All right. Um, Miami, that probably is the biggest threat right now to the Bills in the AFC. They're three and three, or in the AFC East, I should say. They're three and three. Two is making his first start ever, and they're playing a good Rams team. It's in Miami. But if the Rams win that game, Miami's three and four. The Bills, I don't want to say they're going to cruise to the AFC East, but they're going to come really, really close. Because again, I think personally, at this point, I'm not even waiting until Sunday. I mean, that could change if New England wins Sunday. But as of right now, as of this moment, as we're talking and having a conversation, I think Miami's a bigger threat to the Buffalo Bills than New England, to be honest. Oh, no, I agree with that. And I, um, I, I really, and they do play week 17 as well, by the way. Don't, I mean, it might mean something in Buffalo. Again, no fans, so not as important. But Miami at Buffalo week 17. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think Miami could be a, a big, bigger threat without question. I mean, yeah, and I'm looking at their schedule, dude. I mean, a lot of the teams, are, it, it's very similar, obviously, to the Bills. But they do, they got the Bengals at home. Mm-hmm. They got the Jets. They still play the Jets. Uh, they play the Chargers like we do at home. They're at Denver just like us. I mean, they got the Kansas City Chiefs. That's going to be a loss. They're at Vegas. That probably is a loss. Mm-hmm. They're at Arizona. So again, I could see them going like around eight and eight. We keep talking 10 and six. And I agree with you for the record. I think the Bills are going to be 10 and six, maybe 11 and five. But I'm really, 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 really starting to think that nine and seven is going to win the AFC East this year. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's it's definitely possible. I mean, because like the Jets are horrible. The the Patriots, they seem to be on the down as of right now. Um, going back to the Dolphins. Oh, sorry. That sound came up, but whatever. You're going to have to hear it. <laughs> uh, the Dolphins. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Tua. I think one once one thing we can say right now, man, I have never seen it feels like this many young rookie or second-year quarterbacks just putting up ridiculous numbers right now. And I'm wondering how Tua is going to come in. And, like, you know, normally, like, you're, we're old enough to remember, Pat, where when you were a rookie quarterback in the first round, there was not to be expected much out of you at all. Like, it's amazing to me where how far we've come to when Ben Roethlisberger in 2004 had, at that time, a phenomenal rookie year when he had 17 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Right. You know what I mean? And that today, if you got that as a rookie quarterback, it would be considered probably a disappointment. Or, yeah, whatever, it wasn't that great. Let's see what he does next year or the year after. Right now, rookie quarterbacks are just – they're just lighting it up right now. And I'm wondering, like, with Tua, like, that could be the case with him. He's not a pro- – I don't think he's – I'm not a college football aficionado over here. But outside of his injury, he's not, like, a project player at all. Like, he's a pro-style offense. Played, he was supposed to be the number one pick if he didn't get hurt. And he could come in and be lights fucking out for the, for the Dolphins. Give me your take on – give me a quick take on Miami replacing Fitzpatrick, who's played very well. Again, they're 3-3. Three and three. It's very obvious that they said they had a blueprint in, in place for quite some time now because it's not a football reason why they're taking Fitzpatrick out. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're going with Tua right now. But were you a little bit surprised considering that they're three and three, one, two in a row, and Fitz has been playing pretty good, and they're going to Tua right now? I was a little surprised by it. I felt bad for Fitz. But at the same time, like, you know, Tua's the future, and he could be an upgrade over Fitz, like right now, because again, you have rookie quarterbacks who are kicking ass. 
Uh, but but Fitz, Fitz signed up for this. He knew he was going to get benched at some point. And to be honest with you, I was kind of shocked at how he handled it afterwards. He was kind of I, – I, I cannot remember, like, that many quarterbacks. And I know his situation was different, but, like, you know, because he was playing well. But, like, we, we know how the Fitzpatrick story ends. It's the same – it's the same story. He has three hot games and then he's terrible. And then he's right. You know, and, but he was super pissed off and disappointed. And I, you know, it's funny because a lot of people gave him like credit for like being honest and oh, how bad it is. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm surprised. Like no one was like, Hey dude, like fucking you're handling pretty shitty right now. You know, like if I, I don't know, I remember when Tyrod Taylor lost his fucking job to Nate Peterman. I, I mean, he wasn't happy about it, but I didn't remember him like kind of crying, like, like, Fitz did you know what I mean like he was pretty like you know a lot of times when they lose their job they're kind of like yeah it's disappointing but I'm just gonna I'm gonna back my teammate blah 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 like they, they kind of have that demeanor because this isn't the first time this has happened before but like Fitz was like fuck man he was he let it all rip and again like Mazel tov to you being honest he could be honest but I'm surprised not many people like kind of were on his ass for doing that a little bit more of how he handled it afterwards because yeah, it's just like, dude, like you're the veteran backup. Like this is this is everyone knew this was the case, you know. And I think, yeah, he's had a couple of good games, you know. But he also had some shitty games. He was shitty against Miami in the opener, you know. Like he's had some bad games, and like we've seen this story. This is how he always quarterbacks. You know, he gets hot, and then he gets he gets putrid. I want to look into the future. I got one more thing here. One more take. I I guess you could call it. When you look into the future, and and again, kind of. The first question I ask you is where would you consider this ranked amongst the Bills' most important games? I think when it's all said and done, you're going to have to hear me out on this. I think the Tennessee game was the most important one. And here's why. I think the Bills are going to win the AFC East, okay? And I, I think we both agree on that. And I think most people do. Whether they're 9-7, 10-6, 11-5, doesn't really matter. They're going to win the AFC East. I think we agree on that. That Tennessee game, all right, so the way the playoffs are this year, only the top seed gets a bye, and then the three division winners host against three wild card teams instead of two. Now, Tennessee by winning will have an advantage over Buffalo in any tiebreaker. At the end of the year, if those teams are tied, or if they beat us by one game, they're going to be ranked higher than Buffalo. I think Kansas City is going to ultimately get the top seed. Mm-hmm. So anyway, if there's three wild card teams, I think um, Indy and in Cleveland. Who knows? Maybe Miami very well could be Vegas. Those teams are going to be in the mix. But that number one wild card, absolutely to me anyway, is going to be whoever doesn't win the division between Pittsburgh and Baltimore, who I think maybe are certainly two of the three best teams in the AFC. Because Buffalo lost to Tennessee and they'll lose a tiebreaker in terms of seeding to them, the Bills, if they win the AFC East, and I think, and I'm sure we agree on this, Kansas City, Tennessee, and either Pittsburgh or Baltimore. Let's just say Pittsburgh for the sake of discussion here. They're going to finish better than the Bills. All right? They're, they already are, have a better record. And I think they're going to finish better than the Bills. That means the Bills win the AFC East, and they finish in fourth place. Fourth seed. That means they play the highest ranked wild card. That means they're playing either Pittsburgh or Baltimore, whoever doesn't win that division. If you had a crystal ball and you were looking ahead of the playoffs right now, I think it's pretty much locked in that they're playing either Pittsburgh or Baltimore. It'll be in Buffalo. Instead of there, which is important. But again, without fans, you talked about it. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter as much. So I think that Tennessee game was really important for that aspect because they can't climb up higher in the seat unless they finish with a better record in Tennessee, which I don't see happening. 
No, I mean, that's an astute observation. Uh, I didn't really think of it in terms of like the magnitude of that loss for seedings. Cause yeah, you're right. If they, if I didn't either until 10 minutes ago, but now I'm staring at him. I'm like, shit, man. Yeah. That's one thing I hate about the, I mean, I wonder about the, you know, I wish, I wish honestly, like they would just kind of redo the wild card. Like I always hate the fact that like if a shitty team wins the division, they kind of get like, they'll play like a home game and they'll play against like someone less in the seeds sometimes. Is that that how it's supposed to be? Like, so for instance, like the giants, let's just say the Eagles win the division in the East. Like they would play the, they would obviously be the fourth seed they would play. Oh my God. I I gotta remember this quarterback. I don't even care, but you know what I mean? Like I, I, I kind of, I always feel like, you should go if if home field mattered as much as it did. I think if you win the division, but you have a less record than the wild card team, I think the less the the, the division winner should go to that wild card team's. Location. Yeah, I mean, look, bro, let's look at the NFC right now. Okay, so let's just say Philadelphia wins the NFCs because they're in on top right now with a two four and one record. They could very well win with like a six nine and one record. That could happen in the NFC East. Is so bad, so the six nine and one Eagles can end up hosting a playoff game against, say, the 12-4 and four Rams or the 12-4 and four New Orleans Saints, which very well could happen. Just craziness. Yo, I got to let you go. But before that, one last thing. So again, I'm taping this Thursday afternoon. I'm down here in Florida. I'm watching live on a split screen right now. Donald Trump, and I'm going to regret this. Donald Trump's on the left. Joe Biden's on the right. They are having literally competing. I don't want to even call him a rally because Biden's isn't a rally. It's a speech, whereas Trump's is a rally. But anyway, they're both in this city. They're 45 minutes away from where I am right now, five days before the election, four days when people are listening to this. I already know how you feel. Everybody already knows how you feel about the election. But less than a week to go, where are you in terms of confidence that this election is going to play out the way you want it to, which obviously in your case is a Joe Biden victory? Are you feeling good or are you starting to get a little bit nervous going into these last few days. That's how we're going to end this episode. Okay. Well, again, I've been nervous for about a a year and change. Okay. About more or less now though. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 65, 45 that he's going to lose that Trump will lose. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, all the polls, which I don't believe because polls fucked us over the last time when we were all confident, like, Oh, he's going to, he's going to, we're never going to hear from him again. And then he won. So, Look, I, I don't know where my it's it's kind of all over the place, you know, in terms of my confidence level. I mean, we've gone over this. He's horrible. He's wretched. He's a terrible president. He lies. There's so many. You can make a laundry list of how awful he is. And Mazel tov to those. Or actually, no Mazel tov. You get no Mazel tov. Fuck you if you like him and fuck your 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 taxes. And because you like him because you want <laughs> Jesus Christ. You want your less taxes to be to be. You want less taxes, or you can't stand you you can't stand the thought of having illegal immigrants in this country and all that shit. Like fuck you. But with that being said, I say that respectfully. Fuck you. Um, we'll we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I I've told you this before. Like if if he if he wins, I have to I have to purge my social media. Like I cannot. I was going to ask you that. Are you going to be online Tuesday night election night? Are you going to be on Twitter? Are you get well? You don't really. No, spend too much time talking on Facebook, but you do on Twitter. Like, what's going to be your plan of action or inaction when it comes to Twitter on election night when I mean, we start to come in? I'm going to be watching it with my girlfriend, so I'll be you know watching and tweeting here and there. Uh, I may usually when I'm with my girlfriend, she hates Twitter. She does not like when I'm on it, so I have to kind of 
put the, <laughs> put the away a little bit. And like when she's not looking, I go on there and look real quick and like eat some <laughs> fragment. Uh, but yeah, I'll be watching Twitter and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, God, I just hope he dies or, or loses and dies, but more or less, loses. you know, I'll take that. But, uh, at, at Buffalo wins on Twitter, follow Joe, uh, send your political tweets to me. If you love Trump, cause I'll be more than happy to block your ass. All right, folks, that is going to do it for this episode. Very big thank you again, my buddy Joe. Follow him on Twitter, at Buffalo Wins. If you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do that right now. Rate and review, all that fun stuff. Really helps me continue to grow the show. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Pamoran Tweets. And let me end it the same way I always do. I want to thank you for listening. It means a lot to me. I know there's like a billion podcasts out there. So when you're locked into this one for 30, 60, 90 minutes, whatever it may be, That does not go lost on me. So thank you very much. Have a good one. Stay safe. Have a good weekend. Be back. Brand new show next Tuesday.